Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. On today's show, I'm joined by Josh Budman, VP of Analytics at NetHealth. Josh is a biomedical engineer and founder of Tissue Analytics, which was subsequently acquired by NetHealth. On this episode, Josh and I are going to talk about the future of machine learning in healthcare and how it will affect provider organizations. Josh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mike. Pleasure to be here. So, Josh, before we talk about the specifics of technology in healthcare, let's unpack some terminology. Can you explain for us the differences between artificial intelligence and machine learning? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a very common question. And I would say that depending on who you ask, there will be slightly different definitions. The best one I've heard is that machine learning is a subset of artificial intelligence. So using that statement to set the tone for the rest of what I say Artificial intelligence can blanket any type of intelligence that is executed or logic even that is executed by a machine. So if we're thinking in the software realm, uh, everyone probably is familiar with the term if statement, if this, then that, that is a form crudely of artificial intelligence. A robot performing a task that it was programmed to do is, is also a form of artificial intelligence. When it comes to machine learning, machine learning is still within the realm of AI, but it is basically when you teach a machine or computer to learn from data. And when I say learn, I specifically mean being able to generally infer and generally make inference from existing data that is that is out there. And so an example of that is, you, for instance, let's, let's try to correlate if someone lives in X location, what would you expect their salary to be? That's an example of a machine learning problem that could be solved by a simple regression and a pretty common one when it comes to when it comes to the machine learning space. I know we'll talk more about machine learning in healthcare, but that's how I would say the two differ. They're actually they're, they're related. If you look at the Venn diagram, it would just be a machine learning circle inside the AI circle. That's how I like to look at it. Got it. So, Josh, can you uh, talk about some current applications of machine learning in healthcare that might already be familiar to us? Absolutely. So, I think the most familiar to anyone that would be listening to this or anyone out in the wild are those dictation tools that doctors use to, to actually write down their medical notes from when they when they speak into a microphone. The most popular of those softwares and probably the one that basically monopolizes that industry is called, the company is called Nuance and the main product is called Dragon. And so that is a very good example of machine learning. To bring it back to my, to my definition, they have a very large data set of medical terminology of past medical notes that they have analyzed and as well as a lot of voice data. And from that data, they've been able to basically parse and generalize to, to create a note from voice. So voice to note and, and that inference that's being performed is a perfect example of machine learning 
algorithm in the wild and in the healthcare space. I would say that generally speaking, there is a lag between a lot of the R&D work that is being done in this space and what would be popularly known to the public. There's a few other software products out there, software companies out there. There's one called Zebra Medical Vision, which does a lot of cool machine learning-based computer vision tools, similar to Tissue Analytics, of course, the company that, that I co-founded and that was that was acquired, like you, like you introduced. And there's also some of the large electronic medical records that I'm sure are discussed several times on the show, like Epic and Cerner, are actually building in machine learning tools into their software. So Epic recently had some publicity around a sepsis risk algorithm that they embedded into their software. And Cerner had a pretty nice publication in press about some digital helper tools they were releasing to basically correct errors in transcribing notes from from clinicians at Memorial Hermann. So a lot of good stuff coming out. I would say that in the 2020s or when we'll start to see a lot more of these applications getting into users' hands. So let's talk about the future. What do you think is on the horizon in terms of machine learning and healthcare? Another great question. I think that a lot of the algorithms coming out now are predictive in nature, where that is you get an existing set of data and you try to optimize the predictive power of your algorithm. So you get past data and you try to get as accurate of a result on new data that you might receive. I think we're going to, like I said in my previous answer, start to see a lot more of these applications actually getting into the hands of providers as the electronic medical records software companies open up their doors to, to integrations, which we started seeing at, in 2017, 2018. I think that Although we're working on predictive work right now in the R&D space that will get into the hands of providers, the, the next generation from an R&D perspective is prescriptive analytics. So we're talking, instead of just optimizing a result or optimizing a prediction, we're actually going to be able to show very clearly why that result might take place or did take place. And right now, there's a lot of mix-up between predictive and prescriptive. I think most of what is being released, again, if not all, is, is predictive. Prescriptive will require a higher form of regulatory approval. But I do think that is the next frontier of analytics and healthcare and will be a very good aid to clinicians, uh, even more so even than predictive analytics are. Josh, let's turn to one specific application that's changing things, and that's remote patient monitoring. Um, that really has the potential to shift the paradigm of care. What's your take on that, and how is machine learning applied in that space? Yeah, so remote patient monitoring is is definitely something that got, as, as I'm sure you're very aware, a lot more popular with the the pandemic that, you know, in, in early 2020 uh, was when we started to see kind of a, a a very clear boom or a very acute boom in these types of applications. I think there is, of course, a ton of value in it. Our, my company, Tissue Analytics, uh, and, and of course, NetHealth, we have remote patient monitoring type applications. What I will say is that this space fails if the actual if the actual execution of the software isn't well integrated with a clinical workflow. So I think a lot of companies of small or even medium to large size, we're finding that simply being able to enable video conferencing or some two-way messaging system in your application was 
not really the silver bullet to quote unquote pressing the, the on button for remote patient monitoring. There has to be some sort of integration with schedule. I, I think that that's where a lot of the frantic work to deploy remote patient monitoring and, and, and software solutions that hadn't had it prior to the pandemic failed. And so I do think there is a ton of value in it. I think that we are going to continue to see them improve. And one way that they will improve is, of course, with the augmentation that machine learning will allow. I think that one of the risks, of course, with RPM and remote patient monitoring is that you might not be able to get a high enough integrity result from a simple video conference or even teleconference between provider and patient. I think if we have trustworthy machine learning algorithms that, that are providing data and augmenting the, the clinical remote experience with said data, it'll be able to create an infrastructure where remote patient monitoring plus that machine learning algorithm's result is actually enough to match the quality of care that a provider with human touch would be able to provide. You're seeing that in certain areas, but I think that's that's the element that machine learning combined with remote patient monitoring would, would provide. Okay. Josh, as providers select applications or vendors to work with, how can they evaluate if machine learning or, or other technologies are actually bringing value to the table? It seems like everyone's claiming to use AI or RPA or something else to fuel their solutions. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that, of course, we all know that these are buzzwords that are analytics, machine learning, big data, et cetera, buzzwords that are, that are said a lot. I probably am being repetitive by even calling them buzzwords. I'm sure that several guests previously have even said that. I think that fundamentally, especially in healthcare, where these tools succeed or fail is in how well they're integrated with the clinical workflows. Similar to RPM, the quality of an algorithm only goes so far as its ability to be to be integrated with existing clinical workflows. And providers are extremely busy. They're tasked with making sure their outcomes are optimal. And so giving them a very accurate algorithm that they have to take a ton of extra steps or even a few extra steps to access is, is effectively worthless. And so I think when healthcare systems or other, other groups are evaluating quality of a technology, in addition to its accuracy and in addition to the data set that, has, that powers those algorithms, I think they have to actually evaluate how well integrated that technology will be with their existing workflows and whether or not that technology actually allows them to have improved or at least not diminished workflows. And that's a, I'd say something that I've learned over the years with tissue analytics and now even more so with, with NetHealth. It's so crucial to make sure that your, that your machine learning algorithm doesn't compromise the integrity of your workflows. That's great advice. Josh, if someone wanted to learn more about you or the work you do, where can they go? Yeah, so you can find me personally on LinkedIn, Joshua Budman. My company, our parent company, NetHealth, is nethealth.com, N-E-T-H-E-A-L-C-H.com. We are about to go general availability, GA, with some of our first predictive algorithms. Again, to go back to my last answer, directly embedded within our electronic record software. So we, we don't compromise workflow at all with those. You'll start to see those being advertised publicly as well as on the website over time. 
And then if you want to find out more about the company that I started and, and was acquired and is still operating as a wholly owned subsidiary, that would be tissue analy- tissue-analytics.com. So T-I-S-S-U-E-A-N-A-L-Y-T-I-C-S.com. So any of those sites. And uh, I hope that, uh, that you find that content interesting. Exciting times indeed. Josh Budman, thanks for joining us today on the Hospital Finance Podcast. Thank you, Mike. Pleasure to talk to you. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.